All right, man, here we go. Another show. Here you ready? Here we go. I'm always ready, Pat. All right. This... Uh, well, hold on. We have to. We have to. We can't just. We can't just let it go. Look at this spectacular new background. I mean, geez, you look like a professional. Thank you. I do. I do. I have to credit my father-in-law, who's very kind, very handy, and I am not. So, yeah, I might spice up with something. But, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're bumping it up here, man. It, it looks good. And the clean white tea just makes the whole thing... Just pops. You know, just pop a little bit. Anyone listening in audio format is just getting a fraction of the quality of today's show. It's true. Today is a treat for the eyeballs. So let's see. <laughs> today's question is once again from the VNR community. All of you are awesome. This is from Hannah S., who she, I believe she wrote this in via email. Can you guys cover if it's possible to get burned out doing CrossFit? Short answer, no. It's totally impossible. <laughs> okay. Can you get yeah, burned out doing... What are you talking doing... about? doing CrossFit? Or is there a way to get past that feeling? I love CrossFit. It's my passion. I usually go five days a week. I've been in the sport of fitness for about three years, and now I'm starting to hit a wall with little to no PRs. My cardio seems to be suffering when it hasn't before. I'm not getting any new skills. I just have this not motivated, burned out feeling. On a side note, this is month three for me post meniscus tear surgery. I just want to get back to improving and I love going to the gym. Any suggestions? Thank you. Now we have done a show previously on, on a similar topic of avoiding burnout or whatnot. So some people might want to go ahead and check that out. But this is the topic that's evergreen and it has the injury angle so we can dive in kind of fresh here. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of meat on the bone with this particular case. We have somebody who's been deep in the CrossFit hole for a couple of years now has an injury and then couched in that is ah, I'm a little bit you know disheartened by this it seems like and I'm starting to see a performance um, decline now I don't know how much the injury affected that but I will say that three years isn't all that long to be doing it even though it is significant and you know kudos for sticking with it that long that's awesome um, however, I think that's right in that zone where you're like coming out of the honeymoon phase a little bit. This is something that you're going to be doing for the long haul. Hopefully you've kind of made that recognition, but you haven't quite been doing it long enough to recognize that, you know, life is going to throw some curveballs at you. And even if life were not going to throw some curveballs at you, it is not a linear progression from I was unfit, I started mm. doing this stuff, and now I'm on a trajectory that just looks like a straight line. Sad, it's easy but true. to <laughs> Yeah. And in the beginning, even for a long time, because what you're pursuing with CrossFit is so broad, there's so many areas to get good at and to, you know, expose yourself to. And for most of us, you're you're a beginner at, in at least several of these areas when you first get going. Because of that, you can see progress for a long time in a pretty linear uh, type type of progression. Um, but sooner or later, that comes to a close. And, and I would think that this is probably what's at the bottom here, is it's just starting to creep into that time zone where the familiarity is there, all of the kind of uh, basic gains are starting to fall off a little bit. We've got an injury on top of that. And so now we have to get into the headspace of, all right, progress isn't going to be linear. And I can't let that linear mindset rattle me and, and dominate my worldview uh, and start to believe that, oh, maybe things aren't happening the way they're supposed to. So that's my take uh, at, at first glance. Yeah. And if I had Hannah here, I could pepper her with a couple questions that might 
help me get a little more nuanced insight because it seems to me from reading it that if the reason for feeling not motivated and burned out was specifically the meniscus tear. Mm-hmm. Then I, I think that would be kind of clear to her. It seems to me like she was maybe on that slide of getting burned out. And then, ba-bang, I also had this happen. Now it's been three months. So that's how I'm reading it. Maybe yeah. she'll let me know in the comments if I'm not reading that correctly. So if I was to hear this, the first thing that would pop to my mind and I would want to address is stuff that's, not flashy, but I think it's important. Okay, you're feeling burned out. You're feeling not motivated. How's your sleep? How's your nutrition? How's your yep. life work stress? How are your personal relationships? All that kind of stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the one hour that you're in the gym. How's all that stuff going? And if you know, big change at work, sleep's been in the tank. Well, now that you mention it, uh, nutrition's been a dumpster fire ever since the new year. Or, you know, yeah, there's a lot of personal stress I'm going through. All of those things are monstrously huge that I don't think like you can see hey I had knee surgery there's this delineation Mm -hmm. it's clear but these things like a little less sleep a little slide in nutrition little more stress at work whatever happens to be those are things that I think don't get the credit they deserve but they weigh just as heavy on you as many other things so I would look at those first and see are all those in line let me let me interject there too and I think this is something that Again, CrossFitters sometimes don't have a really good handle on because we're usually pretty strong-headed, shall we say. Um, But, you know, when you have an acute injury, that is a drain on the system to Mm. heal that injury. And people often just disregard that. And they're like, oh, I'm hurt. It just means I just stay away from that that area. And there's no other physical impact to my whole system. It's like, well, no, actually, it does take a certain amount of processing power, so to speak, for your body to heal that thing. And that's that's another stressor. So anyway, I catch so you let's, So let's say that those things came back with flying colors. That those are not the culprit. Okay, if they are, well, great. You've just, you just identified, try to shore up those weaknesses and the sun might come out again. But let's say they're solid. Then mm-hmm. we're going to go down the road of your friend and mine. Are you doing too much? Oh, yeah. You know, so you're feeling burned out, you're feeling not motivated. Uh, you're doing too much maybe of one or two things or both is it too much volume or is it too much intensity or Mm -hmm. is it too much of both of those things and they could all be a culprit you know if you're doing just session after session after session of part a b c and d but they're all at quote unquote moderate intensity which is the sheer volume will wear down a normal person so that's probably going to lead eventually to a burnout and then the other side is trust me as somebody who's rather familiar with CrossFit and is quite passionate about it, like I understand the the short elevator pitch definition that CrossFit is constantly varied functional moves at high intensity. However, that overly simplified sentence is packed with things that can take you an hour to really explain. And that last little bit at high intensity, I don't want to say that I have a problem with that, but I feel like it can lead people down a road that doesn't lead someplace good. I I personally don't think that should be misinterpreted to mean every workout, every day, every session is high intensity because darn it, this is CrossFit and this is what Mm -hmm. we do. What's your pace? I'll tell you what my pace is, full send (laughs) and I burn it down. For for most (laughs) of us that are regular humans and not cyborgs, that check will become due to get cashed at some point in time in the future. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, 
this is certainly not anything perfect. It's off the top of my head, and it doesn't have the nice same ring to it the other elevator pitch does. But I, I talk to people about constantly varied functional movements at, at various deliberate intensities. I allow myself moderate intensity days. Heck, gasp, I allow myself low intensity days. And then when the day comes that I decide to bring it, I can bring it because I'm not mm -hmm. worn out and beat up and demotivated and just feel like I got to drag myself into the gym every day. So I know that was a lot there, but we, I touched on volume, I touched on intensity, and I would, I would take a magnifying glass to those areas. Yep, couldn't agree more. And uh, you know, I think an easy way to kind of quantify that is you can have high, low, combinations and usually get away with things. And so what I mean by that is if you have a high intensity program at low volume, you're probably going to be able to maintain that better than if it was high and high. If you have a low intensity program, but high volume, again, that's probably relatively sustainable. Mm -hmm. But when you are trying to burn the candle at both ends and produce a high intensity, high volume program, very few people can tolerate that for more than a little bit and <laughs> right. you know that that little bit may be a year or two yeah oh, sure sure and, and that little bit may be changing when you have a different life that has kind of unfolded in front of you you know like for example we were all young once and i can remember being 25 and being like yeah i think i am one of the outliers that can tolerate this high high volume oh, high yeah. intensity program i'm it you know what i mean but sooner or later the years go on and you either find out, maybe I wasn't such an outlier as I thought. I was just young. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, your interests change. You have other things that you want to apply your fitness towards. You don't have all the time that you want to train, et cetera. Something else happens. And you, you have to realize that those two dials need to be in balance to some degree. And that balance is probably going to change. But anyway, all that to say, you stole my line. I was going to say, solution is to start doing double days. But, right, yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, that's definitely not it. And um, kind of to piggyback on that, it, this is something that I've said a lot on the podcast, uh, maybe not in a little while, but uh, I really believe that some of the smartest training advice that I ever read and, and then have been able to kind of pass along in my own way is that it is better to stop while you feel like you've got more in the tank so that you come back feeling ready to go or mentally, you're like, man, I cannot wait to get back in the gym. I feel great. That is way more favorable than beating yourself up, grinding yourself out, and then thinking, okay, I got to go do this again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to maintain motivation if you cut it off just a little bit short. You think about all the Netflix shows. That's their strategy. I mean, that's what they're doing. They Correct. give you that little taste at the end. You're like, oh, just I, I'm ready for another show. Why? Because they gave you just enough. If it was too much, you'd say, ah, take a few weeks before I come and revisit this thing. So that's media, really media to me. Media 101, man. Just, just Absolutely. leave them wanting a little bit more so they come back. And I'll tell you, it, it is one of those things. People talk about motivation uh, versus discipline all the time. You know, that's kind of a hot button uh, discussion point. And like, yeah, the, the, the patterns that you have, the habits you have, of course, they're going to have a, a huge impact more so than an ebbing and flowing motivation. But I'll tell you one thing that can help to keep that motivation up is if you stop your sessions just a little short, mm -hmm. just, just a little shy. You're like, man, I feel great. Done. Walk away. I shouldn't leave the gym feeling like I just got totally destroyed because that makes it that much harder. Even if it's just incrementally, 
to get mm-hmm. there the next time. And those little increments add up. And before you know it, you're like, eh, man, I don't want to go do this. And that's a huge problem. For sure. And to put it in some real world numbers that I think help people every now and then, I usually work out five times a week. And out of those five workouts, I actually really try to send it with what I would consider high intensity on one to two of those sessions. You know, sometimes it's two. And even if it's two, that's only 40% of the time. So it's less than half. And some days, some weeks, I just feel like sending it once. That's only 20% of the time. And I'll hit those other Mm -hmm. ones, let's say, at a moderate pace, allow myself a low-intensity day. And that allows me to have been doing CrossFit since about 2005 and not be burned out and not mind walking into the gym tomorrow. Now, you, you might be on a different cadence, but I think it's just important for you to allow yourself to start the exploration of finding what your cadence is going to be, because if it's not sustainable, you know, then that's not what we want. We want to have you find some sort of a rhythm that we're still talking about how you're still working out five years from now. I mean, that's the whole goal right yep. there. I will mm-hmm. also say for Hannah, what's been another breath of fresh air in my training, as I've said this before on the podcast, is I at least one time a, one time a week, if not twice, I don't run the clock. I don't run the clock. And it's, I understand the importance of data. You know, um, this is, this podcast is hosted on the BTWB platform, which is all about tracking and measuring your data as well. Like I get it. But if I have to not run the clock once or twice a week, and that keeps me in the game, then it's mm-hmm. 100% the right thing for me to do. Because if I'm, if I'm just doing everything right and burning it down and super intense guy and this, that. And then six months later, you check in, you're like, how's it going? You're like, oh, just hit a wall. Haven't worked out in three weeks. Well, that's, that's not what we're going for there. So again, I would just find, you get to find what works through. There are general principles such as intentional variance, functional movements, understanding intent. Like those general principles serve a lot of people well. Now, how to make them fit for your personal life, Hannah, that's a little bit of an individual recipe. Yep. For sure. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about this injury angle because um, I do think there's a lot of opportunity in there, even when it feels like it really sucks to be sidelined by anything. You know, it sucks to not feel good. It's hard when you've got this thing that's very confronting that says you cannot do X, Y, and Z for a certain Mm -hmm. period of time. Um, But there is a lot of opportunity in that. And, and one of the greatest articles in the old CrossFit journal, in my opinion, was one, I believe it was called Working Wounded. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that has informed my philosophy towards coming back from an injury more than almost anything else. And the basics of it are really simple. It's like, okay, your knee is broken and you're probably not going to be doing a lot of squatting and a lot of lower body movements and jumping and running. That's probably out for a little while. No problem. You're going to set some audacious goals Mm. for some other things that are not related to that and are probably also weaknesses. So for example, you know what? You are going to develop over the course of your quote rehab for your knee within that period. The goal is 20 strict L-sit pull-ups. Yeah. Get to work. Let's specialize for this period of time when you have to kind of be forced into this more narrow approach okay, embrace it. Let's get some things on the, uh, the old journal mm-hmm. that are a bit of a reach that if you were to achieve, people would look at you and be like, wow, this person specializes in that skill set. Because you know what? When you're back to full capacity and you're healthy, you're going to be able to carry that with you 
and reintegrate it into the breadth of your fitness in a way that other people may not have had the opportunity because they're so focused on this totality. And so it's kind of an interesting way to turn lemons into lemonade, so to speak. And, and I'd encourage anybody to try to reframe their mindset if they're in that kind of injured uh, place because it, it sucks, you know, and it, I've been there. I know, Pat, you've been there as well. Um, you know, give it enough time. I think most people have some sort of physical setback. Mm-hmm. And uh, how you react to it is the important thing. And there's that just sparks so many things in my mind that I'm sure any athlete in that situation could figure out, depending upon what you can do with that meniscus and what you can stabilize. The old L-sit's still there. I mean, how are the strict rain dips? I mean, it goes yeah. on and on and on that you could you could come... You don't have to let your fitness slide. Some things you'll have to go away from. And and I also think that, you know, some people have what I believe is an antiquated and unnecessary fear of continuing to work the side that is uninjured. It's like, well, absolutely, this, this, this yep. other leg is still okay, but I'm not going to do any, you know, assisted squatting, you know, thing with this good leg because then this what leg will look like it was born from, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and this other leg <laughs> is going to shrivel away. And, and I've just never seen that happen in a real life nope. human being. If anything, quite the opposite. I think it's highly beneficial to keep working the good side and in an intelligent manner. Uh, and I think it will help you both physically and mel- mentally as you try to maintain as much capacity as you can. And then once you get the green light to do full range of motion on both joints again, I think you'll have a faster road to recovery there as well. 100% yes. But man, I think it's just a fun exercise to do. Kind of getting, I'm like a dog with a bone with this, but I mean, even if you're not injured, you know, sometimes going down the what if road, it's like, okay, what if I couldn't use my legs for two months? What would I do? Mm -hmm. I'll I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to develop a two minute freestanding handstand. Uh, I'm going to, you know, be able to do deficit handstand push-ups strict. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to climb a rope multiple times without touching the ground. You know, like you show me somebody that pursues those goals headlong with intent. Even if you fall short of what you had kind of written down, I mean, man, you'd be a monster. So there's so many things worth pursuing. Um, even just the mental exercise of that, I think is cool. And and you you might find within that, if you're struggling with motivation overall, you might find something that you're like, man, I am fired up to try to dive into that particular goal. Awesome. Focus on that for a little while and see if it doesn't help get your headspace a little bit more in the game. You know, I'm gonna, I might mess this up a little bit, but we, there was a, a member of my community, Nicholas, up there in Canada, who was just out for a workout and broke his foot on the workout just in a bad step oh, off wow. the curb while I was just running, uh, like just took a bad step, you know, one of those things. Yep. And so bummed out, love going below parallel, love doing all that stuff. And, you know, a ton of stuff was off the table. We actually had a conversation. And if I'm remembering correctly, one of his nemesis was a workout like JT. And his focus mm-hmm. just became, I'm going to become an upper body pressing monster, you know, while I yep. can't do this. And lo and behold, he did and worked a whole bunch of other things. And you know, the recovery once he came back wasn't anywhere near as gruesome or he didn't lose as much as he thought based upon yep. all these things that we're talking about. I would also encourage people, I'm, I'm looking it up right now on the old interwebs. We did way back, very not random number five, if you can believe it, it was called working out with an injury. Yeah, and there that, you go. And that one might be a good one to go back there as well. So I think you hit the the injury thing pretty well, though. 
maybe the one last thing I would say is, no, maybe two. The one is, <laughs> you know, not motivated and burned out. After we go through all these things, if let's say none of these ring true with you, it's actually okay to take a break from CrossFit. For sure. It's okay. Yep. Maybe you like to do, you sound like an active person. Maybe you like to just run or hike or go biking or do yoga, or you just have a passion for kettlebells and you just want to go into that world for a little while and let your enthusiasm come back on its own pace. You should feel totally authorized to do that with like no CrossFit guilt or anything. Yeah, for sure. And especially if you're looking at CrossFit in a sporting context, it's kind of interesting. I mean, most sports deliberately have an off season for that reason. They understand that you cannot just keep coming at this thing every day forever and then expect no endpoint and have people stay engaged. It's just unlikely. Mm -hmm. So yes, especially if CrossFit in your mind is being framed as sport, you know, recognize that an off season is usually a good thing for most sports. So I totally echo that. I agree. And the final thing that I'll touch on, and I, I don't think this has to be a long thing, and I think this is something you might chime in at as well, because when I think of skills, I think of you being mm -hmm. 100x more capable than I am. You know, one of the oh, things boy. that she said is <laughs> that she's not getting new skills anymore. Mm. And something about that sounds weird to me. I can't put my finger on it because either you're not getting new skills anymore because you've already mastered all of them that are out there, which is highly unlikely. And I don't think that's what she intended to, to mean there. But the acquisition of new skills, whether it's year one or year 10, that just comes down in my mind to dedicated, intentional practice. And so yeah. you might be at the point where you were a good athlete and you were able to pick up toes to bar in the class without too much this and your double unders came quick to you. And now maybe those relatively cheap and easy gains that come in the first few years, that fruit is off the tree. And now there are some other things that you've maybe wanted to acquire that I don't know, a uh, must love or handstand walk something that you're thinking you'd pick it up with the relative ease you picked up some other skills, but you have not, that might be just another phase in your athletic development where to get those more sophisticated skills might be dedicated, intentional practice would be required. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's the tricky thing about skills is there's a big diminishing return effect. And uh, depending on how skilled you are, it, it'll either come at you pretty quickly, but sooner or later, you're going to find yourself like with so many things. Once you get past that basic stage of proficiency, in order to really get expert at something, you're going to have to put a lot more time in it with a lot less return. It's just the way it goes. So don't let that discourage you. Just understand that, you know, it's going to take a lot of effort to really move the needle continually. So that's all I've got for him. I think we hit all of our points pretty well, unless I'm forgetting anything. Anything still on your agenda to hit? No, I don't think so. I, I just, uh, you know, I think a little little time away, give yourself some headspace and, and don't fall into the trap of doubling down and trying to uh, brute force your way through it. I think that's probably, if you can avoid that, there's lots of options. So Hannah, hang in there. And then I'll, I will also say, because it just popped into my head as I close out here, you might want to give yourself some grace. We mentioned this in a previous show where there was somebody who, as they continue to age, every time they entered a new age bracket, uh, you know, 45 to 49, 50 to 54, they forgot about all their old, old numbers and mm. said, this is a new phase, a new chapter. This is next time I back squat, it's a new PR as far as I'm concerned because of my birthday. Well, you just had something happen with your meniscus. You know, you might recover 
perfectly, like it never happened, or there might be something lingering, but you might want to take on that mindset of these are all post-surgery, new PRs, new this, new that. And it's fantastic that you still can get out there and use your body and do these things. So I'd give yourself a little slack, give yourself a little bit of a strike zone and have some darn fun. We're just working out, right? We're not doing anything crazy here. You got it. This was, again, once again, a question from the community. As we like to say, this is everybody else's show. And Boz and I are just, you know, we just chat about what's on your mind. So we want to hear from all of you. Hannah's question was great. If you have a question or a topic or a concern you'd like to see addressed, you can email it into the BTWB support team. You can post it on Instagram. You can go to the show on the BTWB YouTube channel, post it in the comments. If you have any input on what we've discussed today, please feel free to chime in and share your stories. More knowledge, more power. If you want to help support the program, go to the show notes under this on the BTWB YouTube channel. Check out all the VNR cycles. All kinds of get your first dip, five foot of handstand walk, first strict pull. There's some really cool stuff there, barbell stuff as well. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. We will see you next week for Adrian Bosman. I'm Pat Sherwood. See you then.